everybody. It's another episode of the often imitated, never duplicated Voices of Misery podcast. And of course, I am the nerd, and I'm here with another podcast for that ass. Today is August 25th, and it's Friday, which means I made it to Friday. I can't believe it. It's been a crazy week. A lot of big changes going around here. It's been very busy at the Voices of Misery compound. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're experimenting with some new things. We got some different formats and things we're throwing out there. Because, of course, we revealed on the last episode, the Am I the Asshole Omnibus, that the schedule is going to be changing here a little bit. So we're kind of, you know, screwing around with different things and trying to figure it out here and see what direction the show's going to go on in the future. For those of you long-time listeners, we used to do this thing where we'd record later on in the evening. And the way the schedule's going to work out, it would have to be that way again. We kind of became accustomed to putting out earlier shows, and I think we're going to try to keep going on in that original format, just putting things out there, you know, a little bit earlier on in the day. Keep our nights to ourselves and, you know, just do whatever the hell we like doing because we have lives too. You know, we're human beings. You know, I may not have a heart, but I do have uh, flesh and blood, so I am human. And I would like to uh, keep my nights to myself, especially with the new schedule and job and everything going on. Uh, we're going to figure it out and keep the same, you know, monday wednesday friday schedule for the show going forward so hopefully that continues we're just trying different things out here and uh today's going to be no different want to keep it fresh here so what i'm going to do is i'm going to do five topics that i found very interesting and talk about it and kind of give my thoughts and see where the hell we go from there and i do want to get into a couple of things that i've been doing just really quick over the past couple of days and you know, we took off the Wednesday show and instead of really simple, easy, am I the asshole omnibus and just kind of talked about a couple different stories there and topics people want to know if they're the right or wrong person in certain scenarios. And those are always fun. Um, the reason why we did that is because uh, daughter's going back to school and just kind of threw things back in a flux and new changes going on to the job. It was just a really crazy time. So we're taking this week to get right, basically get everything right and then reset and come back next week strong and hopefully have things a little bit more figured out. But there is a couple of weeks before we get to the new schedule and new format and everything. So like I said, just throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. So please send your feedback and let me know what you think about things. And if you have any suggestions, go ahead and send it to voices of misery podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, or you can also go to Skype. It's also the same email for Skype and you can send a message directly to the HR department. Can't promise boogies as nice as I am now, but Definitely uh, leave some feedback there and uh, let them know the nerd sent you. So listen, I've been hanging out with my BFF and we were watching a couple different things the past couple of days because now that I'm unemployed while I'm waiting for the new job to start, uh, got a lot more time on my hands to watch things. So we were experimenting, trying to find some new things to watch and did watch a show called Afterlife uh, the other day. And the show is absolutely amazing. It's on Netflix. It stars Ricky Gervais and a bunch of other actors, I guess, that are bigger over in that part of the world. Not really big name actors here. You might have seen their faces in something else. But over there, they've got their actors. Like here in America, we have our actors that you see him and you know him. He's got his own little group of people over there, I guess. Anyway, that's unimportant. The show starts off with this woman. She's got the uh, traditional, you know, uh, look of a cancer patient. She's got the, uh, the head wrap in a hospital just looks sick and whatever and she's she's talking to the camera and she's basically uh just giving like a goodbye speech um to someone you don't know who it is that's how the episode starts or whatever it's how the whole series thing starts and it turns out to be him and, and that's his wife basically saying like hey remember me for this and just telling them stories and talking to him because she knew she was dying and she wanted to leave him a bunch of things so you can always remember her, obviously pretty sweet thing you know we've heard about people doing this before in the past and sure this isn't a foreign concept to a lot of you guys out there you may even have a vhs tape or something from an old member of a family in your house that passed and i think it's a very sweet gesture anyway uh you know it, it goes into his life after that and it shows like how sad this show's gonna be it sets the tone very early on and then he goes to work and he works with the, the wife's brother i think it was the brother and He's just going about his day, and it fast-forwards a couple of months after the, the, the death of the wife, and he's really bitter. He's down. He hates life. He just sounds very familiar, actually. Doesn't want to be <laughs> doesn't want to be alive a lot. You know, he just really fucking hates everything. Miserable son of a bitch, but he's funny miserable. He's Ricky Gervais in this. If you guys liked him from those old uh, like award shows where he'd go out there and just roast celebrities, it's the same vein of comedy. It's his style of comedy is is all over this. I mean, his fingerprints are all over this 
the series. The thing that surprised me the most, besides being funny and extremely sad, though, about this show, was how good of an actor he is. Very good actor, Ricky Gervais, and extremely underrated. I'm a guy who doesn't really have many feelings or emotions, and when I take an edible is when I start to feel things. And, of course, I had to have a fucking edible, you know, before this in me, and then we, my BFF and I, we found a show to watch, and holy fuck, man. I was so sad throughout this. Like, I felt the guy's pain through the damn show, and... He was such a good actor. He really brought me into it, and I felt like I was him because, I mean, I've never experienced a level of grief of losing a loved one that close to you or a spouse or someone that you say your vows to or whatever. But, man, I felt his pain through this, and um, it gives you a different outlook on life and perspective because a lot of times for people that are fortunate who haven't had that stress or any kind of, like, loss or, or, or any, you know, detriment, or anything going against them, any obstacles to overcome, you know? If you never had that, you don't know how other people deal with that kind of thing. You don't know how to comfort someone that's been through it. And this show really fucking shows how, like, these people around him were just expecting him to get better, and they were trying to, like, make him laugh. Like, hey, how long are you going to grieve for? You want to meet this girl? You want to meet that one? And he just wasn't having it. And no one could seem to understand why. And later on in the show, it shows him, like, meeting up with other divorced people or widows and whatnot. And they're, uh, they meet up at a park bench in a cemetery where the bodies are, are buried and whatnot. And he strikes up a friendship with a couple people. And then you learn a little bit about their lives and their stories and whatnot. And I promise you, it's not as bad as what I'm saying. Like, it's not something that's going to, like, hurt your feelings. You're not going to be upset the whole time because there is a lot of laughter. I'm not going to make it seem like this is, like, a fucking saddest show ever. Very sad, but it's also very funny, because like I said, Ricky Gervais' footprints are all over this. He's extremely funny in this movie, or show, series, rather. Um, it's it's an easy binge, too. I mean, it's only 18 episodes, or six episodes a season, three seasons, obviously. My, my math is still pretty decent, even though I'm fucking old as shit. Um, Half-hour episodes, we binged it, you know, half a day. We had this thing wrapped up and done, and it was one of those shows that I'll always remember how I felt watching it, because it's, it's, it's really eye-opening, and really is it, it, it gives you a different perspective like oh shit like maybe i should be happy that i don't have this level of grief that this guy has and it's sad because you know it's coming eventually you will have that level of grief i mean it's it's a sad fact of life that not everybody's permanent i mean if, if, if you think your life is permanent i got a fucking bag of beans to sell you you know magic beans but um it, it, it does, and, and as, as you long-time listeners know, like, I really think a lot about death. I always think about it. I think about the next day. I think about, you know, oh, fuck, there's a gas pain in my chest. Am I going to have a fucking heart attack? Like, especially on, on the edibles, it really freaks me out. It makes me go crazy and shit about it. I think something bad's going to happen, and I, I, I don't know. Just watching a show about death and something so sad, it really does make you think a lot. And, man, if there's anything I'm guilty of, it's overthinking shit. This one had me thinking, but... In a good way, and I, I felt good after watching it. You, you feel like you've learned something, like you've opened something up inside of your, your yourself almost. You know, it's like a self-discovery kind of movie. Like, damn, like maybe I should take a step back and realize things aren't so bad sometimes. You know, and I think we all need to learn that lesson in life. So this is a really good show. Check it out. Like I said, it's on Netflix. It's called Afterlife. It's got Ricky Gervais in there. I don't want to spoil anything. It's just a really, really good show maybe um recommend that to someone who uh who who hates their own life and maybe needs to look at someone who has it worse even though it's a fictional story it's a very real story i mean this is a a, a made-up character that Ricky race plays it's not based off of a true story but it very well could be you know it's something that a lot of people deal with and it's it's like the invisible disease grief because i mean whenever i feel upset or down or depressed or anything you, you can never tell unless i flat out tell you you know you could be a smiling, laughing, joking person at work, and you don't know what kind of turmoil that person has. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is maybe, like, you know, if you see someone who looks down or something, you know, like maybe check in with your friends once in a while. Say, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? Anything you want to talk about? Maybe because you never know what people are dealing with is all I'm trying to say here, man. And this one, as you can tell, had a big effect on me. So check it out and let me know what you guys think about this show. It's really fucking good. I uh, did watch Lucifer a little bit as well. That show's really fun. I, uh, I'm on season two, like episode six or seven now. That's one of those ones that I watch and just kind of jump in and out of. 
it's not my favorite show of all time. I know half the ending already because of uh because of her. She was watching it, and I kind of saw a couple of scenes or whatnot here and there. But the show's a good time waster. It's um nothing special. I'm not gonna give like a long drawn out review. It's just, it's a fucking silly show, but it, it's like a good silly. It's got some good laughs in there, decent cast and characters. But I've been really getting into the series thing lately because those you become more invested in the characters and a lot of times with movies I find myself watching the movie and wanting more afterwards so I feel like a, a TV series is the sweet spot for me so I'm going to try to find even more of those and if you guys have any you want to recommend please let me know because I'm always down for you know finding new content and stuff like that so oh wanted to talk about this um, the fuck is this book the last voyage of the Demeter movie we saw that one uh, dragged my BFF to see that one made her watch it and this is one of those movies that Nerdette actually pointed out to me. She saw the, the preview on TV. And I was like, oh, cool, it's a Dracula movie. All right, you know, I'll, I'll check it out when it comes out. And then Twitter started showing, because Twitter's been doing nothing but fucking advertisements, and it's absolutely ridiculous. But they've been doing a lot of ads that they force you to see. And I saw one for this movie, and I clicked on it, and it was a trailer. And it's basically the story, the classic story that I like of Dracula, where it shows him coming to England. And he was on this, like, you know, doomed vessel, the Demeter. And that's where this takes place, this movie, where it's they're basically transporting his coffin, unknowingly his coffin. And eventually he wakes up, and all hell breaks loose while they're out in the middle of the ocean, transporting this fucking shit that they got their cargo, and he happens to be a part of it. Now, I love the original Dracula stories, and back in my day, when I was younger, I used to think I could be a writer. And I remember writing... Jeez, probably about a chapter or two. It was the beginning of a Dracula story I was trying to write. And I always started it off the same way whenever I would like start you know, the first draft, the second draft, and I finally started you know, seriously writing this. I got about two chapters in. It always started off this way, where they were bringing his body over, and it was just, you know, like the middle of the night, a dark storm, thunder and lightning in the fucking ocean, you know, the ship's rocking back and forth, and his coffin opens up, and he comes out. That's how I was writing it, and that's what I was expecting in this movie. I don't know what the fuck Dracula was in this. He um, he looked more like uh, fucking Powder. Remember that movie Powder from the 90s with uh, Sean Plattrick, uh, Flannery, whatever the fuck his name is, who played, played Powder? That's what he looked like. He looked like a fucking demon. Uh, I was okay with that, because I was like, all right, so what happens with Dracula and a lot of these other continuities is he'll have blood of, of a human and maybe it might take two or three and then he'll be back to full power and he'll be this like handsome 30 something year old dude you know fucking cool ass accent and shit from transylvania and you're like all right now we're now we got dracula didn't really see that happen and this movie was made with a really low budget you could tell uh it wasn't very gory for a dracula movie it was probably the most tame horror movie i think i've seen in the past 20 years that came out it was very woke but not woke at the same time. It's not like in your face. We don't have like a fucking trans Dracula or anything like that. But there is a little bit of the symbolicness that they have where, and, and I don't even know if it's a nitpick or if like the world is just so fucking crazy now that I just see it everywhere. But there's a, a cast of people and among the cast, there's a, there, there, there's a black man and there is a woman, there's a white woman. And, at the beginning of the movie, I said to my BFF, I'm like, these two are going to survive. She said the same thing. All right, we're watching the movie. And it becomes clearer and clearer that that's the direction they're going in. Like, the girl was just like some stowaway, I guess. But yet she knew everything. She was the coolest and calmest under pressure. The black dude as well. But the girl was really, like, on top of her shit. Never fired a gun in her life. She, I think she might have said she hated guns in, in, in the movie and then she got the fire one and it was a perfect shot it's like what the fuck man like i, I don't know I, I just don't like that that mary sue type character it's like i get it man you fucking everything has to be hyper political or polarized you got to make everyone fucking happy and everything now that's why you got snow white and the seven fucking village people or whatever the fuck you want to call it now but the thing is, it's like you're, you're, you're doing it in everything now. You're making it where the woman is always the hero or like the black character never fucking gets hurt or is always a smart one or the leader in the group or whatever the fuck. And that's the way they've been doing it now. And it's to appease audiences, it's to appease whoever the man in the sky is that's calling all the shots that wants the world to go in certain directions and whatnot. 
I just don't understand why you just can't make a movie and just have characters do their thing and then just fucking have it end without, you know, putting others down to prop others up. It, I, I don't know. It just, it, it felt like a lot of that to me. And in all honesty, I'm just being transparent. I'm probably just reading in too much into shit. And maybe I need one of you guys to check me on it and maybe watch the movie and let me know what you thought about it. Because it's just been so much. No matter where you go, you go on Twitter, you go on Instagram, all these other Facebooks, whatever, uh, social media websites. You read comment sections at the bottom of all these articles, you know. And, like, the thing is, is there's probably more mud slung at the bottom of these fucking articles than anywhere else on the Internet. Like, just for instance, I was looking at a video the other day. And um, it was like this... uh, teacher was like trying to discipline a student or try to take their cell phone away and the student gets up and like gets in a teacher's face and like the teacher falls to the ground and a bunch of people got involved and it was like fist flying and shit and then immediately go down to the you know section the comment section and whatnot and it's just like race baiting people fucking going nuts and people posting memes and pictures of like crime statistics and shit and just going to war man and all this was was a, a weird situation in the classroom, and people are bringing shit that has nothing to do with the video they just watched into the comment sections. And I think what's going on is people are waiting right now. It's like it, it, it's like the world is just a fucking gigantic swimming pool of fucking gasoline, and Joe Biden is holding a fucking match, and he's about to drop that bitch on us really soon. And that's the way it, it just feels that way. It feels like everyone is just so at each other's throats and whatnot over the dumbest shit. They were just looking for any reason to bitch about stuff, so that's probably why I judged that movie so harshly, but I'm going to move away from that one. I mean, I really did enjoy Afterlife, so I was 50% here. I was one for two on uh, things that I watched. I wasn't a big fan of the Demeter movie, but I did make it to the end, so you got to give it some brownie points. I'm probably just being overly harsh, and that's probably just, you know, the reality of the situation, but... Other than that, that's about it for me. I haven't really done anything else. I'm just waiting to get the work, and I'm going to try my best to enjoy these two weeks, because... I always put a lot of shit on myself, and I think the next couple of weeks I'm going to try to decompress a little bit and just just hang out, just loosen up a little bit, you know, and just be myself and just stop being so wound up, stop stressing about things, stop looking at news articles, stop reading things, stop going online even. And I think we should all do that once in a while. Uh, it's, it, it's very healthy for you to get off the Internet. I have been reading articles less and less. I've been going online less and less. I don't even browse really anything anymore. I just kind of log in, like a couple of things, might sh- uh, share a couple of tweets, anything else. That's probably boogie posting. Um, but yeah, that really no much need for that. I mean, the world is just depressing enough. Why do you have to fucking constantly read and search out the shit? It's already in front of your face everywhere you turn, you know? But yeah, let's get into some topics here, man. But before I do, I did want to say happy birthday to somebody out there. And today's your day. Whatever the hell you're doing today, I hope you enjoy it. Better than I enjoyed mine. I just kind of hung out and did nothing. But, I mean, that's what I like doing. If you like doing that, if you like doing something else, I don't really care. I just hope you enjoy your day. So here's your Florida man story from the Voices of Misery and Florida Man. All right, so this fucking Florida chemistry student was caught on camera injecting opioid chemical agent under their neighbor's door. And there's a video uh, that supports this one, and this is hot off the presses. This is a brand new story here. This Florida chemistry student was caught on a neighbor's hidden camera, allegedly injecting an opioid chemical agent underneath their front door, causing the family and their newborn baby to fall ill. Umar Abdullah and his pregnant wife moved into their new condo in Tampa in June 2022 and were warmly welcomed by other residents in the building. Shortly after, however, Abdullah began, uh, he began receiving texts from his disgruntled downstairs neighbor, Zooming Lee, a seemingly regular guy who complained about losing sleep and hearing the toilet seat move. After months of quarreling, Abdullah said he, his wife, and her daughter started feeling dizzy and started vomiting. I look at my daughter, Abdullah told the outlet. Her eyes are full of tears. She was not crying, but her eyes were full. Now, this is a little fucking crazy here. So this guy obviously was uh, not getting sleep. The family was making noise and whatnot, but this isn't how you fucking handle the problem, man. I mean, he started to try to be a nice guy. He was telling, hey, you know, you make a noise and whatnot. Didn't seem to work out, so he took matters into his own hands. This isn't cool, man. I mean, the thing is, is you have an option when you're looking for a home or a place to live, and when you see a large building with a lot of different fucking openings and doors and shit and cars and parking spaces, you know you're going to hear a lot of fucking noise. That's why you'd either opt to get your own place, your own house, Maybe a duplex, something with less fucking people. But if you move into a place like this, and there's a picture of the building, man, I mean, you're going to 
what the fuck? I mean, you're 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 living in a in, in a place with a lot of fucking bodies in it, a lot of families and different shit going on. You're not gonna live in complete silence. I mean, you can't sit there and tell me, fucking idiot. Just know what you're getting into, man. So Umar Abdullah and his pregnant wife moved into their new condo. They were having all these big fucking issues with this guy, and he started poisoning them. A friend first noticed a chemical smell while retrieving a package for Abdullah while he and his family were away on vacation. When he returned, he said, he noticed an odor that he described as more obnoxious than nail polish remover. He called the air conditioning company, which found no problems. Then he called the plumber, who also found nothing wrong with the water heater from which the smell appeared to be emanating. His landlord replaced the heater and even had his air ducts and vents clean, but the chemical smell persisted. Abdullah even called the fire department, but again, its tests revealed nothing. I never thought after all this that no, Abdullah said, I'm just imagining this. No. But then confident there was an issue, he started sniffing that place like a dog. When he searched his doorway, he found a small crack in the corner. Suspecting his neighbor Yi might have something to do with his family's illnesses, he set up a camera outside. When his daughter became sick again, he checked the footage, which showed Yi crouching down outside his door, though it was not clear what his neighbor was doing. We were shaking, Abdullah recalled to the WFLA. We can't imagine he's uh, coming and doing this shit. Well, he didn't say this shit, that was just me adding that. He adjusted the hidden camera angle, and when his daughter was ill again, he checked the footage. This time, the video showed Yi appearing to take a syringe out, fill it with liquid, and then inject the liquid into the crack at Abdullah's doorframe. Abdullah immediately got his family out of the home and called the police. Lee was arrested by Tampa police and slapped with a number of felony charges, including possession of a controlled dangerous substance and burglary. So this was a combination of methadone and hydrocodone, both opioid pain medications, very ironic. It just reminded me, I saw a movie uh, about, it was called Painkiller. It was on Netflix and it has Matthew Broderick and it is about the opioid epidemic and how they were pushing these pills and the fucking crazy shit they went. And the means that they used at their disposal to sell these fucking pills. And the level of deceit was absolutely fucking insane, but check that one out too. So Lee's listed as a doctoral uh, chemistry student at the University of Southern Florida, but the school told the outlet he had not been enrolled since the summer 2023 semester ended. He was released on bond and is scheduled to appear in court next on December 5th. So fucking shit, man. I mean, you would think that with that kind of intelligence, you would be using your intelligence to do something else, you know? And I mean, I, I know he's a student and all, but he, he, he knew how to do what he was doing and he was doing it for a reason. And what that reason was, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, you're knowingly injecting a chemical agent into a household where a baby lives. I mean, this guy obviously has no regard for human life. Was the point murder? Was the point to get rid of these people a different way by making them move out, like irritating them enough so they just left? Something about people, man. They just don't think about their actions and they don't think about the consequences. And I don't know if this kid's intent was to kill them or not, but he obviously wasn't thinking. And this is one of those unfortunate things where you've got people around you that you just can't trust. And when you're living in a home... And the place that you chose to live in and raise your family in, you don't want to think about your neighbor fucking poisoning you because you're making a little bit of noise. You know, it's it's a very uh, heart wrenching story here. But the good news is that, you know, everyone came out of this fine. You know, they, they stopped it in time. The father was smart enough to get the camera. It's, it's just crazy, man. Like there was a poor baby that could have died. You know, that, that kid could have gotten affected. I mean, it's just fucking methadone. That shit ain't a fucking child soy. You know, it's it's it's, it's not meant to be ingested at the, you know at that age so it's just really fucking sad and fortunate that guy's a real piece of shit so happy birthday to you <laughs> from the voices of misery and florida man that's uh can't believe it's august 25th already how the fuck is this happening man i mean everything is just flying by i mean blink your eyes we're gonna be saying i can't believe it's august 2028 i can't believe ron DeSantis is, is, is about to go for re-election soon hopefully it's just uh i don't know time is just flying man i i, I don't know i always thought it was bullshit when Older people would tell you, ah, you better uh, enjoy your youth now. It's going to be gone before you know it. And you look at it, I'm like, shut up, you fucking old bastard. And now I am the old bastard. And it's like, what happened? I mean, it, it, there wasn't even a middle ground. It was like, you're 17 years old and now you're 41. Where the what, what happened to all this shit in between? You know, it's such a blur and it's true. So you got to count your blessings and watch Afterlife. That might make you, make you a little bit more inclined to count them. All right, so here's another one here. Uh, this one came... Courtesy of my friend Andrew on Twitter, he sent me this one here. He goes, oh my goodness, Biden's alcohol czar warns new guidance could only be two beers a week. What the ale is how this one starts off. 
Americans could soon be advised to limit themselves to just two drinks a week, a top health official warned on Thursday. Biden's alcohol czar, Dr. George Koob, told the Daily Mail that the USDA could revise its alcohol recommendations to match Canada's guidelines. In January, the Great White North began urging residents to limit their alcohol consumption to two drinks per week. Since the 1990s, the U.S. has recommended women limit themselves to one drink per day and men to two drinks per day. I mean, but the thing is, is like, you got to think about these drinks. I mean, they're not all created equal. I mean, you can go have, like, fucking two cups of fucking rum, you know? Like, that's one drink, because a drink would be a serving size, right? I mean, how the fuck do they measure that? But anyway, the guidance is up for review in 2025. If there's health benefits, I think people will start to reevaluate where we're at in the U.S., Coob told the Daily Mail of Canada's big experiment with its alcohol guidance. So if alcohol consumption guidelines go in any direction, it would be toward Canada. Coob, the director of the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, noted there are no benefits to physical health from drinking alcohol. Of course, you fucking idiot. Uh, most of the people's benefits attribute to alcohol. We feel they really have more to do with what someone's eating rather than what they're drinking, he explained. So it really has to do with the Mediterranean diet, socioeconomic status that makes you able to afford the kind of diet, make your own fresh food, and so forth. I mean, how come people 100 years ago didn't have this fucking problem? Why are we so fucking fat? And why do we have to make up all these weird fucking diets in order to, to lose weight? Has anyone ever asked that fucking question? A Mediterranean diet? What the, what the fuck is that one? It's high in fats and proteins, but low in carbs. So, I mean, that's basically fucking keto, basically. It's said to protect against inflammation and heart disease, blah, blah, fucking blah. So that's my question here with the whole thing is like, how come, how come we have all these fad diets? Why do we need them? Why are so many people fucking overweight right now? And it's not, I'm not making fun of overweight people. I was one of them, but I've always asked myself, like, what the fuck got me to this point? You know, you, you, you think about the way people were eating back, you know, even as soon as like, you know, 50, 60 years ago, they were eating differently than us. Like food was just cooked better. Everything was different. I was watching a, a movie about the McDonald's, uh, the birth of McDonald's, and it started with Michael Keaton in it. And they were talking about how they were making the burgers and the food was all fresh and the burgers were fat. And that sent me down the McDonald's rabbit hole. And I was looking at the first couple McDonald's restaurants and the food was just different. You know, like you could bring your family to McDonald's and everyone has a fucking couple of cheeseburgers and everyone's eating good, eating fries and whatnot. But you didn't see the effect of the same family, you know, 60 years later nowadays do the same thing. For some reason, the food is affecting them differently. And then you look at YouTube videos of McDonald's burgers and how nasty they they really are nowadays, all the additives and preservatives. This food can fucking survive a nuclear explosion. I mean, you can put this food in a box and bury it underground and pull it up 50 years later and still eat that motherfucker. Food ain't designed to last that long. A guy on uh, YouTube, he had a video where he was like dripping like fucking some hot ass liquid one to the burger and it was just sliding off the fucking bun like it, the hot liquid was melting other shit it hit the mcdonald's bun barely caused the fucking charring of it and rolled off the motherfucker like what kind of shit is that man and you're eating it it's in your body and your body's trying to break that shit down and trying to figure it out and it just throws its hands up and it's like fuck it i'm giving them diarrhea for a month you know because it's that fucking crazy anyway i just went completely off topic but this whole fucking thing here man the the, the two beer limit it, it's just funny to me how, how they feel like they have to regulate every single thing you know, every single thing they have to have a fucking czar for. It's like, dude, if you're the alcohol czar, I mean, what what the fuck is your job? What do you do all day long? Seriously, you come up with shit like this every four fucking years or however long this bill comes up or whatever. It's just another case of the government trying to overreach. And whenever they start making suggestions now, I'm a little bit, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little bit skeptical when the government starts to suggest something. Uh, I remember last time they did that shit, we were fucking stuck for years without fucking a, a way to work and then told to do this. And I don't know, man. It's it, it's it's just the past couple of years. It really did a fucking number on me when it comes to like, you know, information and, and where I take it from and how I feel about things. And if I believe anything anymore. And when you see an article like this where it's like, OK, we're going to limit the beers to two. That's our suggestion. Now it's like, OK, you're going to enforce it now. Are you going to come to people's house? You're going to look in their fridges like what the fuck, man? It's. I don't think it'll ever get that far. I mean, they were wanting people drunk. There's too many loopholes that can affect uh, a, a people here. So, like, you got to figure people that are alcoholics, if you cut them down to two drinks a day or whatever, they might get sick and die from, from alcohol withdrawal. They, they need that fix after a while. So I don't think this will ever be something that they do. But then again, I never thought they'd force a fucking medication on people either because it's not, it's not a vaccine. I don't even know what the fuck that thing is, but it ain't helpful. This will get taken down too. fucking YouTube. 
got another fucking email from those son of a bitches, man. They took us down again. And everything got moved over to Rumble. And I want to give a big thank you to Boogie. Uh, helped out big time with that. The migration to Rumble. And I think a lot of our videos are slowly coming over now. Uh, they're coming over from YouTube. Set up the whole migration from there. And then uh, TikTok, any of that one. Stop, stop. That one, uh, we got a TikTok account now too. That one I set up and put up a couple of videos. And uh, people were commenting. And somebody said something really nasty about one of the videos I put up. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I was so excited. You know, someone said something really mean and nasty. And I checked the email and it goes, you've got a comment from, and it gave like a two sentence preview of the comment. And it was just, fuck, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I was so excited. And I'm like, oh my God, no one's written me a love letter in a while. Open it up. I'm looking on TikTok for it. And the comment wasn't there. I'm like, where the fuck is it? So I don't know if like they had a thing where they got rid of the thing, but if you're that hate listener, please put another comment on TikTok or send the email directly. If you want to discuss me out, I would love to read it. I will even read it on air. It's so much fun. Uh, Voices Misery Podcast at gmail.com. Death threats are a plus. All right. So let's get on with it here. Let's see what, what else we got here. Oh, here we go. Myrtle Beach Alliance says anti gay ministry is good for downtown. The city's also a co sponsor of this. This will be interesting. Right in my backyard here. So, city leaders deny knowing about the Christian youth ministry, Ground Zero's anti LGBTQ views before promoting the organization on the social media of the taxpayer funded. Myrtle Beach Downtown Alliance. Ground Zero has received financial benefits from the city, including $1 a year rent and free services for their annual Dragon Boat Festival. On August 12th, a post on Ground Zero was published on the Facebook and Instagram pages of the Myrtle Beach Downtown Alliance. The text, taken from the organization's website, said, Ground Zero is a place where every teenager can go, belong, and grow. As of August 22nd, over a week after it was brought to the Downtown Alliance's attention, the post is still visible on social media. The ministry, whose mission is to transform teenagers' lives through Jesus Christ, publicly shares its homophobic beliefs. The ministry see about 125 middle and high schoolers every week, according to Stephanie Sebring, Ground Zero's advancement director. Now, this is the interesting part, because the first thing I have to ask is, okay, you're calling these people homophobic. Where's the proof? I need the proof. So let's see what they got. According to the Ground Zero's website, it includes statements and Bible verses against gay marriage and homosexuality under the Biblical Positions section. We believe marriage is between one man and one woman, and we believe God calls Christ followers who abstain from sexual relationships or marriage with members of the same sex. Okay. I mean, I don't see a problem there. The thing is, is, if it's in the Bible, and these people believe in the Bible, they believe in God, let them believe in God. That's one thing that... I've been noticing a lot of too is like a lot. It, it's weird because before COVID, I, I I was an atheist, hardcore atheist. I was like, there's there's no way there's God, there's no existence of God. And I I noticed a lot more people were leaning towards that. People that I was listening to, you didn't really see the push social media. You didn't really see God references or anything like that. Once COVID hit all the shit went down there you started seeing more and more people showing their faith some people went towards the light some people went away from the light i don't know i thought that was pretty neat but i mean i know that doesn't really have anything to do with this but i just want to throw that out there the thing about this is like you're going to have your beliefs you're going to believe in one thing or another i mean you, you can't label someone a hater for believing in something you know and whether God's real or not i'm not going to get into that debate that's not something i want to touch on i mean i do believe i just really quick, I believe that if we're here, something made us. I mean, there's all these wonderful things that just can't be explained that we just have in a perfect world made perfectly for a bunch of people like us that just are so intent on destroying it for some fucking reason. But that's just what I believe. I do believe it exists. But I don't care if someone doesn't believe. I'm not going to call them a fucking horrible human being. They could be the greatest person ever. They just have their belief, you know. But the fact that if you're on the other side, and this article came from Yahoo News, they immediately hit these people as, like, awful. Like, they're immediately homophobes, which is, you know the equivalent of calling someone a racist nowadays. You call it, oh, they're a fucking racist. Why? Because they believe in you know, something or other. It's, it's fucking stupid. Anyway, adult volunteers are asked to agree with the organization's biblical positions. Language against gay marriage and homosexuality has been present on the organization's website since at least August 2015. Sebring said in an August 16th phone interview that the organization has students who identify as gay or lesbian, but no homosexual staff members. That they know of. While we welcome any and all teenagers, regardless of their sexual orientation, to come to Ground Zero, we do hope to be able to share the gospel with them. Area LGBTQ advocates said letting gay or lesbian teens participate with conditions of celibacy does not make them fully included. 
But you shut the fuck up. I mean, seriously, these LGBTQ fucking advocates can kiss my fucking ass because they all they say is we want rights, we want rights. We should always counter them back with what rights do you fucking want that you don't already have? And then listen for their response because it's going to be perverted. It's going to be, well, we want to be able to do this stuff. Uh, yeah, you can do that stuff. You can have your, your gay pride things. You can have your, your parties. You can have your orgies, whatever the fuck you want to do behind closed doors. Why does everything you have to fucking do be on display? What does everything you do have to be talked about, shown, fucking paraded in front of other people, especially children nowadays for some fucking reason, you weird motherfuckers? There's no problem with them doing what they want to do. So what rights do you want? They want the right to do perverted shit openly and in your face. That's what they want. I mean, that's the only fucking answer to this question with, with the whole rights. If you're going to welcome people that are LGBTQ, you need to affirm their lives, said Greg McKee, director of Pride Myrtle Beach, in an August 22 phone interview. I'll be looking him up after this show. You need to affirm their lives. So why do I have to affirm a stranger's fucking life is my question. You have your life. I have mine. You don't have to affirm my life. So why the fuck do I have to affirm yours? That's my question. Why should there be any affirmation for strangers needed? Are these people that mentally fucking incapable of living their lives without constant fucking flowers being thrown at their fucking feet that we have to do this regularly for them? Do they constantly need it? Yes. Do they crave it? Yes. That's their problem. And they're never satisfied. They need more all the time. It's always more. You fucking roll out the gay pride shit from here in Myrtle Beach. They're going to be like, wait a second. How come the red carpet or the rainbow colored carpet isn't you know 17 feet it's only 16 feet we demand another one this is injustice they the point is is that they always want more they're never satisfied so you never bow down to them next time someone says hey we want our lgbt rights but like, all right what rights do you want that you don't already have you want to go fucking stand next to a woman taking a piss while you fucking pull out your dick and piss next to him no because that is perverted that's that, that, you shouldn't be doing that shit just fucking get the fuck off your high horse here so anyway, they didn't know about the homophobic views, and they're trying to get it all canceled here. And they're just they're they're fighting. They're they're fighting. They're 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 suing for 1.5 million dollars. It's absolutely insane. I I I I just don't know why you can't have one and not the other. Oh, it's anti-gay. Well, then I mean, I've I've never been to a pride event. I'm not sure if like you go there, all people are welcome. It doesn't seem that way because there's always some kind of a protest or a fight going on at these places, so the protesters aren't welcome. Obviously, I don't fucking know what their deal is there. But the answer shouldn't be to just fight or call people names. If you are a group of people and another group of people wants nothing to fucking do with you, or they have an event that is against the group that you represent, then you can just easily ignore it or have an event of your own somewhere else. Why does it always have to be a fight? Why does it always have to be a fucking issue? Why does it always have to be a fucking look at us, bow down to us? You've got two sides where neither side is willing to budge. One side is rational. The other side is irrational, in my opinion gotta stop fucking bowing down to this shit man the more you bow down to tyranny the quicker tyranny becomes reality and that's exactly what's happening here in america and we're seeing it more and more with this bullshit i have no problem with the lgbt community fucking love the community i think the people there that aren't the extremists are absolutely amazing uh the first bff i had actually was a was a lesbian female and i had a gay friend for a while um when i was in florida cool people great people i had a couple of People from the community on the show. I had a person in transition on the show at one point. I have no problem talking to them. I think they're really nice people. But then you've got the crazy ones out there. And that's to be said about any group of people. You've got good in every nationality, background, males, females, whatever. And you got your bad ones. So you really can't hold them all to the same standard. But man, those fucking idiots on TV are making the rest of y'all look bad, man. You got to fucking stand up against that shit. Um, Gays Against Groomers is a really good a account good website as well uh, if you want to check out gays against groomers they're another one out there standing up for the right fight and it's it's just unfortunate man and the media is behind this shit it's fucking crazy here's another one here so jennifer aniston is so over cancel culture and wonders if there's no redemption for people so she's revealing exactly how she feels about cancel culture she explains she's not a fan of it uh, she recalled her experience with disgraced movie producer and convicted rapist harvey weinstein I'm so over cancel culture, Anison told Wall Street Journal magazine. I probably just got canceled for saying that. I just don't understand what it means. Is there no redemption? I don't know. I don't put everybody in the Harvey Weinstein basket. Anison, who recently found herself in the middle of Jamie Foxx's anti-Semitic controversy, and, and, and that was just basically him saying something and her liking it. 
doesn't have any story similar to the woman who came forward against Weinstein years ago, but the actress remembers what it was like to spend time with the producer. He's not a guy. You're like, God, I can't wait to hang out with Harvey. Never. You're actually like, okay, God. Okay, suck it up, Anderson recalled. I remember, actually, he came to visit me on a movie to pitch me a movie, and I do remember consciously having a person stay in my trailer. Anderson and Weinstein worked together on Derailed in 2005, so she cashed that check. The film happened on the heels of her success as Rachel in the sitcom Fringe, which ran from 1994 and 2004. So she was trying to get away from that Rachel character and was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll fuck Harvey Weinstein. Since then, Anderson has appeared in Where the Millers, Cake, and He's Not That Into You, Murder Mystery, and more. So uh, the 54-year-old actress has juggled a successful career and relationships. She got married and dumped by Brad Pitt and never had a kid. And they never shut the fuck up about it. So yeah, she's basically upset with cancel culture and just wants to know, like, is there any redemption? And that's a problem that we have today is that there is no forgiveness in life at all, in general, when it comes to everything. I mean, I don't even know why people even apologize anymore. And I give a lot of credit to Neo uh, with his trans children remarks a few weeks ago where he came out and his publicist had to cover up his statement. And then he went after the, the publicist and was like, no, I really meant what I said. I don't agree with the transitioning of minors and whatnot. I just don't even know why people apologize anymore. There's absolutely no fucking purpose for it. Is it just to get a point on the board after, after you're down by 50 fucking points in the fourth quarter? You're just trying to kick, kick a field goal so you don't walk off the field, score no points? Is that what the apology's for? You're not going to win. They're not going to let you win. They're not going to let you be sorry. They're not going to let you move on from it. They're going to throw it in your face constantly and treat you like shit, and you're going to end up in the same position whether you fucking apologize or not. That's why you stick to what you say, and you say what you fucking mean. All right. Florida school officials apologize for separating black students at assembly. The principal is being placed on leave. Hmm. This will be interesting. This one came courtesy of Boogie Oogie. A Flagler County, Florida elementary school singled out numerous black students and con- and forced them to attend an assembly on improving their standardized test scores, as confirmed by the district's interim superintendent. Now, just days after the event, school district officials are apologizing for the incident and have announced the principal of the school is on paid administrative leave. Fox 35 in Orlando reported that last Friday, students in grades 4 and 5 were taken out of class to attend an assembly in the Bunnell Elementary School cafeteria, as learned by several parents. The students who performed well on the standardized tests were reportedly brought to the front of the assembly and used as role model <laughs> examples as teachers discussed the test scores and offered them free gift cards to restaurants <laughs> as rewards for improving their scores. Oh my God, this is fucking stupid. I mean, when I was in school, they'd never had anything like this where they would like, you know, entice children to do better and give them gift cards and shit. I mean, the reward was supposed to be a good life. That's why you went to school and did good and shit, man, or not getting your ass beat at home. I mean, these kids are getting additional incentives as if fucking that wasn't enough. The new station received confirmation from uh, Cheryl Mazzaro, the Flagler County Schools, fucking Flagler County board chair. The, the, the black students were isolated for the assembly. She told the station the assembly should have never happened, though it did. Interim Superintendent Lashakia Moore issued a statement on the district's website about the assembly, saying she sat down with Bunnell Elementary Principal Danelle Evenson after the assembly and discussed what led to the presentation, what steps were or were not taken before and after. And speaking with Ms. Evenson, it is clear that there was no malice intended in planning the student outreach. However, sometimes if you try to think outside the box, you forget why the box is there. While a desire to help this particular subgroup of students is to be commended, how this was done does not meet the expectations we desire among Flagler schools. She continued and said the district wants parents and guardians to actively participate in their children's educational successes Without informing the parents of the assembly or plans to raise the scores, parents were not properly engaged. So people are pissed off. Uh, officials are calling the assembly a horrible, horrific mistake, and that should not have happened. So they placed the, the school principal on administrative leave pending an investigation. I mean, I don't even know anymore because you go to the bottom of this article, which is the first thing I did, and you've got people, of course, you know, going off, like protected class, and there's a lot of N-word things being said here and you can't be mad at the group of people involved you always have to look at the problem and the problem is the media and the problem is the fucking government the government for some reason has this fucking hard on where they just have to enforce their fucking will upon people that they feel less fortunate or less than 
that's how they view minorities, man. That's why they're always fucking, you know, coming up with these solutions to try to improve our lives. And it's ridiculous. And it's very insulting. The government needs to get the fuck out of this, man. I mean, black people are just as capable as any other race. I don't understand why the government has to step in and treat them as less than every fucking time. It's, it's, it's very offensive, actually, the way the Democrats think they can pull this shit. And I, I, I don't know where these directives come from. I, I honestly don't know, man. I mean, people, I mean, this world is just so fucking crazy right now. You don't know where the rot begins and where the corruption ends. You know, it's fucking crazy now. It's like the schools, obviously, they've got their people they answer to. Who's calling the shots? You could probably all trace it back to the same fucking entity or whatnot. But you see more and more weird behavior like this, and it just makes you wonder why, you know? Like, why are they doing this? Why can't they just, like, try to do additional means to, to help these students out? Like, find out there's an issue at home. Why is the student not learning? For me, when I was young, I actually had a teacher when I was in high school was like, you know, you're doing bad at this, but whenever you get a test, you do really good, but, but you, you have a hard time in class. And it turns out that I never even noticed this, and I don't know what the fuck my problem was, but I, I had really bad eyesight uh, growing up. And I had corrective lenses put on and immediately turned everything around. Like everything was much better. I was a much better student because I could see the board. I just felt better. Wasn't squinting all the time. Didn't have fucking nasty headaches and shit. I never really thought about it. It was just, just the way I've always lived my life when I was young. And then when my you know teacher recommended I get glasses, boom, everything turned around for me in school. Wish I would have done it sooner in life. Things would have turned out better. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. But. It's just one of those fucking things, man, where there, there's always a different method. You don't have to sit there and entice them with gift cards. I, I just I just feel like that's insulting. It really fucking is, man. I mean, there's better ways to get through to people. You talk to them. You find out why. Is there anything going on, any underlying issues that are causing you to not learn? A gift card, you spend it in five seconds. A life lesson you take with you for the rest of your life. If, if you work hard and you learn and you do things not because there's a, a gift in front of you, but because you know that's what you need to do to succeed in life. It builds that foundation inside of a person that carries them through the rest of their fucking life. Otherwise, they're going to be looking to do something for something else. They're going to be at work. Hey, uh, can you flip that burger for me? Well, what's in it for me? You know, it's like that's the attitude you're, you're getting here when you're fucking, hey, we'll give you a gift card if you do better on this test. Okay, fine. You're not doing it because you want to. You're doing it for the gift card. You're not doing it. That's what I'm trying to say here. And it's really fucking insulting, man. I, I just don't like it. Leaves a really bad taste in my fucking mouth. I, I, I hate this. All right, let's see what else we got here. This is the last one here. My BFF uh, sent this one in, and I thought this was really fucking amazing. This is a crazy one here, and I like these crazy scenarios, like these crazy stories. There's a taxpayer subsidized art center in Minnesota that's holding playful demon summoning sessions for families. Demons, as in from hell, uh, throw salt in a circle, they can't pass it. A stake to the heart kills them, probably. Silver, holy water, that kind of shit. I'm trying to raise them, and I, did, I mean... Oh my fucking god, we've got, I don't know how many years and decades, thousands of fucking hours of footage of, of, of monsters and movies and demons. We, we should be more prepared, or at least have a little bit of knowledge here, that we probably shouldn't be summoning them, because it always ends bad. These people are actively trying. This just shows how fucking bored people are, man. We are so fucking privileged as a society that we've got so much free time to do dumb shit like this. Fucking, hey, let's go to a demon summoning thing at the local fucking library. I mean, what the fuck? So a contemporary art museum in Minneapolis, which has received millions in taxpayer funds, invited families earlier this month to participate in a playful ceremony to summon and befriend their demon. The Walker Art Center, which Alpha News indicated has enjoyed funding from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund, advertised demon summoning activities from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. on August 5th at the Minneapolis Sculpture Garden. Demons have a bad reputation, but maybe we're just not very good at getting to know them, said the event listing on the Art Center's website. Do you have a demon that creeps into your thoughts? Work with visiting artist Tamar Eaton to design a vessel for holding the demon you know best. Though Tamar Eaton, a so-called performance artist who refers to herself as a sexual plurality. Oh, my fucking Lord. These people. It, listen, I'm just going to ask a question out loud here. For people that have these, like, revelations about themselves in life, it's never anything deep. It's never like, you know what, man, like... I used to be this guy who, like, you know, like, didn't do things, but, like, now I do them, you know, like, 
It's it's not that. It's always something weird and sexual and perverted. It's always like, you know, I like to fuck dudes. I like to fuck women. I like to fuck animals. They're always into some weird shit. It's always something weird, perverted, and sexual with them. It's never anything, like, fucking normal. Like, you know, I used to, like, you know, like, watch movies, but now I read books. You know, this is this big life thing. No, it's always something weird. It's always, like, my sexuality is the most important thing about me, and it changes and dictates who I am as a person and a human being. That's, I mean, that it just seems like it's two different things here. You've got your sexuality, and you've got your fucking personality. Your personality is who you are outside. The sexuality is a person you are behind closed doors. You know, that's, the, the, separate the two. I don't, I don't know if I can get this. And they, anyway, this dumb bitch, she's a performance artist. She says sexual plurality, whatever the fuck that is. Seeks through the ongoing multidisciplinary project she brought to the art center to conjure the aerial spirit demon Lilith, whose story traces back to ancient Sumerian, Akkadian, and Judaic mythology. So she's the only person capable of capturing this one Lilith demon, apparently. This is a, a, a very popular one, because I've heard this name in many different uh, like different avenues, like books, movies, and stuff like that. The seeming occultist writes on her website, In the 2nd to 7th centuries, artist healers created spells, drawings, and talismanic objects to trap demons like Lilith, who was characterized as a dangerously sexual female entity, because they're all so sexual. You know what, man? Something like this, like... I don't fucking know, man. And appeared frequently on incantation bowls used in protective rituals. The rituals were often performed by women concerned with medical issues like pregnancy and birth. I find that interesting. In this article, they write women, W-O-M-X-N. Is that supposed to be like the woke way of saying women now? Is is men N-X-N now? What the fuck? I revise... Revive these practices through a feminist lens by subverting Lilith's misogynistic archetype and revamping her image as an empathetic demon. Uh, to this end, she takes on the persona of Lilith and through text messages interacts with hundreds of people every month. I'm sure she charges because demons need money who frequently write her back with snippets about their lives and, and, and own personal demons. Having adopted the persona, the ancient demon who she acknowledges is associated with unchecked violence and manipulation. Sounds like this bitch. Her whole business model right here is being fucking told in this article and who first came to her after she learned she was pregnant. Etune then provides instructions to her occultist pen pals that led to offline actions, such as an exercise that leads participants to find something in their home shaped like a full moon and use it to draw on their body. Beyond fielding questions on behalf of the demon earlier this summer, Eden raised inflated sculptures in the demon's honor outside Vermont's Shelbourne Museum. I mean, there, there used to be a time where people like this would be fucking put in a straitjacket and forgotten about somewhere else, and now this, they're just allowed to fucking make livings with supposed demons living inside their body and get making money off others. Oh my goodness. It does not appear that her exhibits are entirely bloodless. Her previous display in art college in Purchase, New York, appears to have involved imagery of her burying another woman's placenta. My goodness. Following the instruction of children and adults on how to construct a vessel to hold their demons earlier this month, the Walker Art Center indicated that Lilith, the empathic demon, will come from the dark side of the moon to lead you in locating your feelings using ancient Babylonian techniques. This collective and playful demon summoning session will conclude... Now, they just fucking talked about this demon being deceitful and evil, and now it's a playful... Uh, who the fuck? So is it supposed to be a playful demoning summon session or I'll conclude with a semantic movement meditation designed to help you befriend your shadows? I mean, have any of these people saw the fucking insidious movies, man? You bring a demon back from hell. It's not going to be nice. It's going to try to manipulate you, of course. It's going to have a voice of like a childhood friend or a, a recently deceased relative like, hey, buddy, it's me. And then they fucking get you and they latch on and they come into the real world and they fucking start fucking shit up. You know, you, you got to be more careful. So Alpha News previously reported that as of 2021, Minnesota's Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund, which has supported the demon-friendly Walker Arts Center, has spent over $630 million on leftist groups and propaganda, including an adaptation of the Sleeping Beauty fairy tale, collaboratively reimagined through a queer lens, an anti-police documentary, a group that supports a transvestic agitprop, whatever the fuck that is in film, a theater company's production of queer and trans stories, Drag Story Hour in Minneapolis, and a production called Queertopia. So, I mean, obviously, as you can see here, these fucking people, $630 million was spent on the shit that I just named. $630 million for bullshit like this. 
where did this come from? I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny, but I remember like 50 years ago being gay, you'd be fucking like beaten in the streets, which I mean, obviously was fucking wrong. You, 50 years later, we're, we're forcing it on people now. It's just like, what happened? Where did this turnaround come from? And like, how, what advantage do they see of pushing this shit so hard? It's, it's not something you should have to create. It's something that should have always been there. And that's the way that I've always felt about gay people, trans people, the real ones out there, not these like created ones by the fucking media. If you're a fucking gay person, you've known your whole life you're gay. I mean, you, don't, you just don't fuck girls your whole life and then all of a sudden be like, you know what, I want some of that. You know, that's not the way this works. You fucking go ahead and you, you're, you're born that way. You're just born. You, you're like, you know what, you, you might realize it when you're in your teens. So you, just like I was never attracted to the girls and all of a sudden you're just banging dudes and you're getting clapped out and getting monkey pox in a fucking gas station bathroom somewhere in some fucking bumblefuck town you've never been to before I mean seriously it's it's all over the place you can't create this stuff it's always in you man like these people you hear a transgender person's story these like fake ones and they're like yeah I, I, I've lived as a male for 30 years I just realized I was a female and then they're like Demi Lovato, the, the, the celebrity singer chick. Oh, oh, you know, it's too exhausting for me to use they, them pronouns. I'm going to use she, her again. You, this isn't something you can... It's a fucking joke to people that really have the mental illness or that really do suffer from transgender, body dysmorphia, whatever. People that really have dealt with that their whole life aren't the first ones to go on TV and get a fucking mic shoved in their face because they're too ashamed to admit it in the first place. That's why they hide it from their parents for so many years. A lot of them commit suicide at a young age because they just don't feel like they can talk to someone they because they really go through it they have the real emotions they're not going on there for fucking likes they don't want the likes they don't want to be the way they are until they become comfortable later in life you know and there are people that do become comfortable a lot of them do and they're great people it's, it's just they're, they're mocking a very real thing i i do believe transgenderism can be real but it's not any of the shit the blue-haired fucking weirdos that are getting the triple z implants or whatever the fuck they're doing, get their dicks cut off. I mean, that's, to me, that's just all theater. It's just them creating a world of crazy people in a volatile world that are susceptible to any kind of suggestion you put in their fucking heads. Weak, fucking ill-minded people out there to take advantage of. But I do believe that there is a thing. I mean, you look up body dysmorphia, there's people that feel like they were born in the wrong bodies. I have a little bit of it myself. I lost a lot of weight, and sometimes I look in that mirror and I still see that fat guy, and I'm like, man, I want to lose a little bit more. What the fuck's wrong? You know, it's 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 very mild. That's a very mild. I don't want to put myself in that, you know, like mentally ill thing. It's just a very small, stupid thing. But there are people out there with real issues. Like a very hot woman will be like, my nose is too small, and they'll fucking get a bigger nose, or they'll cut off an ear or some shit. There are people that fucking do this. I mean, there was a guy who fucking had like seven inches, like, like height wise i mean he, he was like i'm five foot fuck three or some shit he's like i have to be this height to get a better job and he got like lengthening surgery in his legs to be taller and he's like the happiest person now so it's like there are some people out there that just aren't happy with what god gave them and they try to alter it you know and that's not what we should be celebrating we should be trying to help these people instead of creating more of them with this bullshit you know it's just such a fucking horrible thing and 630 think of 630 million dollars man how many people could that help how many fucking people could that feed? It could have, that $630 million could have created a bunch of sinners that these mentally ill people can go to and come out healthy people, come out correct, without body parts getting cut off, without these lies being told to them that they are what they think they are. $630 fucking million, man. You give any small town with a good leadership $630 million and they will turn that shit around in no time. That could help out a lot of people. I mean, we've got fucking homeless people in California pissing and shitting in the streets. You've got all this crazy stuff going down here. we got Hawaii just burned the fuck down. $630 million designated to create more fucking trans people for what? For what? What is the end game here? It's got to be depopulation, desterilization. You don't want people making more people. I understand that. You think the resources are scarce. They're not. We're just fucking stupid people, and stupid people do stupid shit, and this is the stupid fucking world filled with a bunch of assholes. And that's where we're going to end today's show with the asshole story of the day, and oh my goodness. It's been it's been interesting, and I do say this all the time. I say, you know what, guys? I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to do this once in a while here, uh, a solo show, just to get my thoughts out. And I do a lot of political stuff here, and sometimes it's not very appreciated. Uh, 
you know, and, and I understand it's very exhausting to talk about. So I, so I think I'm going to be doing this a little bit more often, just doing like maybe like five topics of the political stuff and then keeping the regular show, the regular show, and then have, having guests because that is coming back here. I know I keep saying I'm going to bring guests back on, but I finally got the area where I used to record and free again. Um, everything's free. Everything's set back up the way it used to be. Everything's looking nice again. I'm ready to go. I've got people lined up. It's just a matter of getting the schedule set up and just having the time. I mean, I have the time now. So we might be seeing that come back uh, maybe in the next couple of days or so. I might start recording that. I'll keep you guys posted on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you don't stop, stop. Uh, I think that's all we got. There's a lot of different shit. I don't know. Uh, at Voices of Misery Podcast at gmail.com is the email address if you want to send something in. And also you can go to Skype and talk to Boogie at the HR department. Send her all the complaints. She'll get back to you. Probably stick you the middle finger. I don't know. It takes care of all that stuff. And I appreciate the help because things are getting a little crazy right now so definitely appreciate it but before i also get to the asshole story i wanted to tell you guys about my friends over at binoid and at blooms hemp I almost forgot the website for a second b-l-o-o-m-z hemp.com and b-i-n-o-i-d.com you get the finest thc on the market you can get the edibles the wax the dabs the capsules the pre-rolls the flour the joints the cigarettes you can get all sorts of different kinds the peach rings watermelon slices gummy berries gummy worms sour diesel patch you can get the drinks, the peanut butter cups, the uh, Fruity Pebbles, Rice Krispie Treats. There's so many different ways you can get THC in your body. And I'm going to tell you what, man. This stuff changed my life. It makes me a much happier person. And I just relax a lot more, man. It's 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 really good and very positive. But please use responsibly because it can get out of hand if you're taking too much of the good stuff. You know what I mean? So make sure you're uh, being responsible. Use our code NERD. Save 10% and get free shipping on any order at Binoid. And also, if you have a friend at home, a, a little pet, you know, like a dog or something, a cute little dog, you want them eating the best food, don't you? Of course, you do. You want Fido eating the best, and we have the best for you at nom.com. You can use your code VOMSHOW to save up to 50% on the finest dog food for your best friend because you want your best friend eating as good as you do. You want your dog to live a long, healthy life because a dog and having a good companion is like having a best friend in your life. And I'll tell you what, man. I love my dogs to death, and I want them eating the finest food. That's why I go to Nam and get them the gourmet handcrafted food. I'm telling you, man, God, I would eat this shit myself if I ran out of food. I would be eating this dog food at Nam.com. It's that good. Don't forget to use our code and take care of your best friend at Nam.com. All right, let's get to the asshole story here. Thank you, Boogie, for this. Am I the asshole for leaving my boyfriend at a bar because of a joke he made? Hmm. All right. I mean, it depends on the joke, I guess, you know. Some jokes are, are, are meant for you and that person, and some jokes are meant at your expense for that person and their friends at the bar. And I see this a lot when I was younger, where, you know, you'd be around a group of guys, and one of the guys would bring a girlfriend, and for some reason, they would treat her as the butt of the joke. Like, they'd be making, oh, you, I mean, you see what Jane did? And, oh my God, she's such a fucking idiot. You know, like, guys, like, to impress each other, I don't know what the fuck it is. That's why I don't get along with them. I don't have any guy friends. I don't hang out with them. I, I can't remember the last one I had hung out with. It's been a very long time. You just become like distance, I guess, as, as you grow mature and change. I don't fucking know. Or just become an asshole like me. So there, probably, you probably does have a good excuse for this. So I'm going to start off as a hard, you're not the asshole, but it could change. So we'll see here. I, 22, have been dating my boyfriend, 23, for about nine months now. I am Asian and grew up in my home country pretty much all my life until I was 19 and went abroad to a European country to study. My boyfriend is from this little country I'm currently studying in. He has shown interest in my background a bit and I honestly like talking to him about it. I never questioned anything about a relationship until last night when we went to a bar with some of his friends. One of his friends asked if my boyfriend was trying to learn my native language and we told him no. But boyfriend went on to joke about how my language sounded too rough and weird for him to even try. I gave him a confused look and said that he would have if it were more like Japanese or Korean. I was completely silent after that, made up some excuse, and left. It wasn't subtle at all, and I didn't care at the time, and I felt like crying. He's been blowing up my phone with messages and calls, and all the messages say is that I overreacted and embarrassed him in public. I haven't replied or picked up any of his calls. I am in no way saying that he must learn my native language, but the way he explained it hurt me. Now I'm wondering if I really did overreact and I'm looking too deep into it. So am I the asshole for doing that? Oh, man. Yeah, this is exactly how I described it. He's trying to impress his buddies, uh, being an asshole. Yeah, and definitely not the asshole here. I mean, they're just dating. 
they're very young. They've only been dating for nine months. This guy's already putting you down in front of his friends. Got to get the fuck out of that situation. I mean, you're young. You're going to be moving out of there anyway. This isn't permanent. Fuck this guy. Move on. Leave him. Fucking hang up by himself. The fact that he was embarrassed is because he thought it was going to get over better. His friends were laughing. He told him to go fuck off. He had a bruised ego. He thought he could just do it and he'd sit there and be an obedient woman. And you weren't. Good for you. You stood up and left. Left his ass there to fucking play with himself. Definitely, uh... It's just bullshit. I mean, like, that's your native language. You don't have to learn your spouse's native language as long as, you know, you guys can have an understanding and talk to each other and maybe just learn to respect each other's differences and love each other for what they are. You know, you shouldn't have to go through these measures of fucking insulting the girl's native language. Just be like, no, you know, I just too, I'm too old. It's too difficult. I don't fucking know. You can say anything else but that. It just sounds weird and stupid. It's insulted her whole fucking culture, you piece of shit. Definitely that guy's an asshole. And doesn't deserve this woman. She's uh, she, she's studying abroad. She's probably got a good future ahead of her. She's Asian, so she's definitely smart. She's probably going to fucking have a good time in life. So this guy missed out on the good one just by being a fucking prick. Definitely not the asshole. I don't care what the situation is. I mean, this guy's a fucking idiot for thinking you can insult your ride. You know? So, yeah, fuck him, man. Nice and easy asshole story for me since I was judging it alone for the first time. Wanted to get a nice easy one out of the way, but... Hopefully next week she'll be back to the normal format. It's just been a crazy week, like I said. It's just been one of those things where big life changes, uh, schedules changing, everything's changing uh, for the better, obviously. I mean, things are getting good around here, so I'm not making it sound like doom and gloom or anything like that. It's just a really weird, perfect turn of events, almost like God's looking out for me. Hmm. Interesting. No, it's seriously, it's like it was the weirdest thing. It's like the job I had ended get a two-week vacation and start the new job and it's just like holy shit things just couldn't have worked out better uh for me so pretty happy there and the shows could, might be a little bit rough for at least a couple of a couple of shows here until we get the the, the format and the uh the time down and everything like that because the recording time is going to change everything's going to change a little bit up here so just going to keep it going and uh fucking almost 800 episodes five and a half million more than five and a half million downloads now it's been a long ride and we appreciate you guys for uh, being there a lot of you since day one which is incredible the amount of retention that we get on this show is just phenomenal and people remind me about shit about my own life that i've forgotten from time to time i'll get like a, a message or, or something or an email and say hey man did you ever get this taken care of and i'm like what oh shit i forgot about that thanks for reminding me and then i'll go do it you know it's really cool to open up your uh, life and people just come on in and just sit down by the fire while you tell stories and talk about shit and whether we agree or disagree on things i love you guys and respect you for your opinion and love you and respect you for respecting mine so we'll be back next week with some more voices of misery podcast i want to thank you guys check us out at voices of misery on twitter uh instagram uh tiktok any it don't stop stop uh Rumble, there's a bunch of other things, man. Just type in Voices of Misery, and you'll find us, man. We're pretty much everywhere. So check us out, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You guys have a good one. Enjoy your weekend.